Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Starting out, Louis DeBrusque and McSorley, and here they go again. Right off the draw. They did this the last time these two teams played. Right as they dropped the puck, DeBrusque hit McSorley a little bit with a stick, and Marty just uh, started. I think that one went about uh, two minutes, if I recall. One of the longest fights in NHL history. Louis DeBrusque is going to join us momentarily. And he's not just a uh, legendary former Edmonton-based uh, enforcer, uh, not just the analyst on NHL Hockey and Rogers broadcasts, but he's a big movie guy, too. And so I asked the question before we went to break. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in orders now. 1234 at Edmonton. I asked the question, uh, which movie did you hate? I watched American Psycho last night again. Hated it. Second time I was hated it the first time I saw it. Hated it the second time I saw it. Uh, Mike is Texas on the Ashley Fine Floor text line. He said Fargo was horrible. Another texter says the worst movie ever was The Blair Witch Project. Another texter says Bob Barton Fink was awful. Seed, it's disturbing. It made me sick to my stomach. I never saw Seed. Uh, Avatar, top five worst movies of all times. Don't at me from JP. Camshaft says, Hope floats in the two Charlie's Angels movie. Uh, junk in the trunk. Again, you can text us at 7804960063. And this out of Edmonton, Bob the English Patient was long and awful. It was a sad movie. There's no question. A weepy, sad movie. Without further ado, we go off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, where we are joined by today's headliner for our friends at Wilhawk Beef Jerky, who have supplied our next guest with uh, Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show, Mr. Louis DeBrusque. Hi, Louis. How you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing today? Good. What movie did you absolutely hate? <laughs> oh, jeez. That's a tough one right out of the gates. Absolutely hate. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of the reasons I, I why I hated... I off the top of my head, to be honest. With All you. right. One of the reasons but, why I hated American Psycho is every single guy in the movie was just a self-absorbed jerk. Not to, you know what I mean? Like pretentious, and that's that's part of the whole thing is, is Brett Easton Ellis was making fun of yuppiedom in the late 1980s, and of course, for the listeners, they're probably well aware of the fact that Christian Bale's character uh, was a serial murderer, or maybe he was or wasn't, and that's the gist. There is no exit. Um, <laughs> that book was outlawed, 
on campuses in the early 1990s uh, in the United States when it came out. So I, I hated the movie. I just, this, like, I, yeah, they blew it with the movie for me. But anyhow, um, you know. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one, believe it or not, I walked out of Austin Powers, the first one. Really? And but I but I did have a mega role reversal. We were just, you know, Cindy and I were just a little tired going into the movie and you know, you'd think in that slap happy state that you would enjoy that type of comedy, but for whatever reason I just didn't get it the first time. I just we just weren't really interested. And we actually left the theater. That's the only movie in my life I've ever walked out of. And yeah. then it came you know, as as years went by and it came out on D V D or VHS at the time, whatever it was. I remember seeing it again and loved it. You know, it was kind of one of those things where you, you sit down, you watch it, and you take it for what it is, and you, it ended up being obviously a, a classic and a, a you know called classic movie that'll forever be hilarious. But I don't know what it was. Just at that time, it's amazing how you can watch a movie. Now, there was one that just came to mind as we were talking. It was a, a Brad Pitt movie, I believe. It was Babel. It was cold. Oh, I didn't see that. And it was kind of slow and drawn out, and just there was some real tough things in it. I just, I, I just, I don't think it was more that I didn't dislike the movie. It just, it was kind of one of those movies that really took you off guard. Some of the situations in it, and just it was obviously dealing with a lot of different issues. But um, it struck me the wrong way. I think just the a couple of those scenes that were in that movie. So that was one that stood out. But other than that, I've been pretty uh, easy going with my movie critics. You know that. Speaking of Mike Myers and, and of that genre and era, did you see So I Married an Axe Murder? <laughs> the first forty-five minutes of that movie is outstanding. <laughs> Hey, I, yeah. yeah, it is really funny. You know what? Um, there's some great scenes in that one, and you know what? He's hilarious. He's, you know, he's, he's he's just one of those guys that can just morph into different characters, and you know, he makes everyone funny. Any guy that names his dog after Nikolai Borchevsky, gotta like that. So, uh, Louis DeBras joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. So, uh, the movie I, again, I hated uh, was Ameri- I just. You know what? I was just like, this is too much. Uh, and I'd like to know what you think. Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. So if they're going to write uh, a script for the upcoming season, uh, what do you think it's going to be for the Edmonton Oilers? Well, certainly more depth of the forward position. They went out and got veteran players to fill holes and much-needed holes. Uh, I think one of the things that we've seen here over the last couple of years is there's no question they've relied too heavily on their top players to kind of get the job done, and they need to have more depth. So Ken Holland went out and addressed that, and I think he's addressed it very well. Um, I like what I've seen the first couple of days at camp. I think they've shuffled things around, you know, divvied up the chemistry a bit just to try and find some different mixes and matches. At the same time, they've kept some, some lines intact that you can kind of sense are going to be the lines going forward to start the season, but you never know what happens through an exhibition series and some guys jumping off the page at you. And, you know, this is what it's all about in training camp for me right now is the best players should play. The players that come in and play the best have the best camps. They're fighting for jobs. There's not a lot of jobs available here. I think you could pretty much ink the top nine for sure. And I think that fourth line and, you know, third, fourth line where you want to mix and match players, there's probably four jobs up for grabs for about 12 guys that are fighting for them. Um, That's the type of competition you want to have. Has anybody caught your eye in terms of some of those uh, guys battling? There's been a couple guys, actually, that have caught my eye. And, you know, listen, there's been a lot of talk about Tyler Benson, you know, coming into this year. It's 
their first year that he's not going to be, he's not waiver exempt. So obviously getting sent down, there's an opportunity that our team can pick him up. And he's come into camp in what I can see in the best shape that he's been in in any training camp. And he has that extra little gear. We, you know, we talk about it all the time. You have to go back into the gym. You have to change some things. You have to try and get quicker, try and get faster. And every player goes back and tries to do that in the off season. But then when you see it on the ice and you see a player come in, I don't know if there's a shift that he's been on the ice where he hasn't been noticeable. And today in the scrimmage, I think he had three primary assists. Like he, he's, yeah. he's an amazing passer. I think he, that gets overlooked in this game. The question was always speed. Does he get there? I think he's addressed that. I really do. And for me, the other thing is, when you're watching the game, there's no question who the hardest working guy was on that line. He he busts his butt every single team, time he's on the ice. So it's still a long road. It's only a couple days in camp, but there's no question that he's jumped off the ice for me. Like, and that's kind of how I, you know, that it's how I approach training camp. I walk in with a clean slate, a clean piece yeah. of paper. I start writing down what I see. I start circling numbers that stand out to me a couple of times. He's certainly one of them. Um, he's one of the guys that has really impressed me so far. I know it's only a couple of days, but that's what he has to do. Wow. Any player that comes in that's trying to make the roster has to get noticed. You do that in a multitude of ways. You know, Brendan Perlini's another guy, too, that, you know, he's a big body. You forget how big he was. He scored 17 goals in this league before. You know, he's got something to prove as well, too. Went away, played over in Europe, and came back and is, you know, trying to get back into the National Hockey League. And it's going to be in a bottom six type of a role, I think, to begin with. But, um, I think that there's an opportunity for him there as well, too, if he can continue to move forward. And once we get into the exhibition series, the true colors will come up. But he's always been able to score. He's always been fast. He's a big man. He's always been able to score. He's going to need to do that to be noticed. I like the line today. There was a line today they put together in the scrimmage. The big boys all all sat out. You know, So you know, there was no McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. Cassian wasn't on the ice. Paul Yarby wasn't on the ice. And neither was Zach Hyman. So what it does, though, is it boils it down and it really makes people shine through that you don't typically look at because you're so focused on the top players. And that's just the effect they have in a scrimmage with McDavid and Dreisel, Nugent Hopkins, all these guys are on the ice. It's really hard to look elsewhere when they have the puck on their stick because they're doing so many things. But when you take them out of the equation, I think it was a smart move. At first I questioned them, like, hey, why would they separate these guys out of this, this scrimmage? But then as I thought about it, it really focused on what was out there and who's going to rise to the top in this group. And the line, you know, that I liked was Fogel with Ryan and Yamamoto. Those three guys were dangerous and a handful every time they were on the ice. As I mentioned before, I thought the Marodi benson line with McLeod was very, very good, too. They were a line that was very noticeable and pretty much won the game for blue, in my opinion. But, you know, I really did like that that, that line combination. And in Fogel, for a big guy, he's kind of coming as advertised, made some things happen. Yamamoto's a buzzsaw out there and just, you know, creates turnovers. And Derek Ryan's a smart, quick two-way centerman. I mean, he makes very good plays, uses his head. He's not the biggest guy, so he has to be in the right position, but he's got that, that IQ to make sure that he's doing the right things. It's early. Broberg's another guy, too. Bob, if I'm just speaking out loud, Broberg, I thought, got better as the scrimmage went on, and he was uh, paired with Berglund, and I, I thought those two guys together showed some chemistry and started to get confident in the flow of the game and started to pick it up, and, you know, that's that's something that I think for Philip Broberg especially, I have an eye on him because I think he's 
you know, there's no question he's a little bit of a project, but I just think there's a real upside there. I think there's he's got the frame, he's got the mobility, he's got, you know, kind of everything that you need as a defenseman in the National Hockey League, and it's just a matter of putting it together. Does he need some time? Probably, but you never know what happens again throughout exhibition, and we'll see what happens there. Louis DeRuss joining us for NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. It's 1244 in Edmonton. I'm at Rogers Place in Ice District uh, on Benson. You, it was noticeable from the first time he stepped on the ice. Maybe it was the yeah. hair. Maybe it was the hair. He just looked quicker out there, Louie. It was funny. Like, well, you could see well, that. You know what it is? It's the pace. Yeah. It's the urgency. Yeah. It's every single shift you're bringing it. And... You know, I'm not going to lie. I thought he did that last year at the start, too. I thought last year, you know, he came out. I was very impressed with him in the scrimmages. But I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, when it's been, there's been a little buzz around the media. You know, we always sit there and we hash over things and we talk. And, you know, we're watching for the first time. Yeah, he looks like he's gotten a little quicker. And you can't always say that with players. That they have gone away and trained hard and come back. You're like, okay, you've tried to pick up a step, but has it worked? It's worked. It's worked for him. Now, the, the, the main part now is going to be trying to continue that throughout this training camp, yep. which is going to be grueling with the exhibition series, and it gets real. And listen, he, he's had a few kicks at this can. He's been around. He's shown that he can be a dominant player down the American Hockey League. It's what you like to see. Every single general manager and the scouting staff and the coaches and everybody that's in that section over you know, to the left of us and Ken Holland and his group are watching every single day. The coaches on the ice are watching every day. That's what you want to see you want to see guys that jump out off the ice to you why are they jumping out off the ice it's a lot of different things but for for tyler benson listen he's been the talk for the first couple of days he's done some real good things out there and and I, like i said before i've always said that maybe his iq as far as passing and the way he moves the puck has been underrated it's been underrated because he makes plays when you give him an opportunity to make a play he finishes it the coach keeps mentioning Evan Bouchard. Uh, we did an yeah. interview with Dave Tippett uh, in early August. We did an interview with Jim Playfair, the yep. associate coach and coaches the D in late August. Then we had or the first week of September. And then we Dave Tippett yesterday talked about Evan Bouchard being the wild card. Uh, Leon mm-hmm. Drysaddle, I asked him a question today. He said he just carries himself differently. Is that a byproduct of a player knowing that now's the time? Sure. It really is amazing. You know, when you're a young player and you come in, as much as you might be ultra-talented and have all the tools and the physique and everything, there's still that kind of awe on us when you come into a National Hockey League dressing room. You start hanging around guys that, you know, you've been watching on TV and they're the stars of the game. And it it takes some time to get over that hump where you start to realize, hey, wait a second, you know, I deserve to be here. I'm on this level. And even though you might be really close, that last step you have to take to get recognized and noticed and be a regular in the NHL is a giant step. It really is, and it takes time. There's no question I think he's come in more confident. He spent a lot of time here in the summer, if not the whole summer here. I saw him a few times, and, you know, he, you know he's come in here understanding there's an opportunity. That's a big part of it, too, is when you come into a training camp, you every single one of those guys is looking at the roster every single day. What line am I on? Who am I playing with? 
with? Am I playing the exhibition game? Every single day is a new adventure, and you're continuing to try and stay in the mix for as long as possible to earn that regular job. And there's no player there that's any different. They're going to look at that every single day. But for Evan Bouchard, he seems to have come in this year for me. He's more comfortable. He's been around here for a bit. And I think he's just looking to, to play his game. He looks poised, which he's always been, Bob. I think he looks a little little stronger, a little more mobility to his game this year. I really like his stick. And I think that's something that Jim Playfair, and I know they've worked on a lot, is because of that range and size that he has, he can really defend well with a stick. And if an offensive player has the ability to make great plays offensively with the puck, get pucks away because they have that instinct to do that, you can translate that into a solid defensive game with just good stick positioning, good body positioning, closing gaps a little quicker, being confident in your ability to move at that pace. Those All, all those things become so important and become more natural the more time you spend in the National Hockey League and around National Hockey League players. So, yeah, it's his job to lose, in my opinion. I think that, you know, when I look at this training camp roster and I look what's going on, there's no question that Evan Bouchard's a guy that they would love to see ink in there on the right side in the, in the bottom two pairings for sure. And he's a guy that I think he can fluctuate up and down. He's a guy that I think he can put in different situations. But the most important thing for him is just going to be consistent, um, use that calmness in his game at the right times, but then on the other side of it, do the things that have made him successful. He's a great first passer, maybe the best first passer out of the zone. Uh, once, once he gets confident at this level, he can zip the puck up the ice, and we all know he has a cannon of a shot when he gets it away. So there's a lot of upside there, and I've been keeping an eye on him. I haven't been as critical with him early on. I've just kind of watched him yep. from a distance and watched the little plays that he makes. I'm not too worried about the offense in his game. I'm worried about the defensive structure in his game, but he's a big enough frame that with a little bit of tenacity, he can be a hard guy to play against, and I think that's going to be real important for him moving forward. Louis, how dramatically different is it today? Uh, Louis DeBrus joining us right now from NHL Hockey and Rogers, 1249 in Edmonton. How different is it today, training camp, than when you uh, <laughs> when you were trying to cut your teeth with the New York Rangers before you ever got to Edmonton back in the day. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it is a complete. If if you had you know taken the time machine and gone ahead thirty two or thirty three years from the late nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties to now, it's a night day difference, isn't it? It's a, it's a real there, There's obviously some real similarities. I mean, like I said before, every training camp's the same when you come in. It's like a daily recheck of who's on what line and where you are and how can you stay in that mix. And that's never going to change because, listen, you're ultimately coming to these training camps to try and make a National Hockey League team, which is one of the most difficult things to do, period. It's, you know, listen, it's competitive and you look at the contracts, you look at the veteran players, there's usually not a lot of space in a roster for guys to come in under the radar and just win a job. But there is always room for one of those guys. There's always room for one of those guys that they really do come in and knock it out of the park. And you love to see that. I hope that happens this year because it's always exciting. It's a great story. And that's just someone that came in ready to grab that opportunity that you spoke about earlier. The big difference, though, is that they get to action right away, Bob. We used to have two weeks of training before and scrimmage and two-a-days and workouts and all fights. that before we would even get to an exhibition. Yeah, fights. Fights, fights, fights usually happen in the first couple of scrimmages, and then they would typically come down and say, okay, we've seen the tough 
guys fight. We know what you can do. Let's just continue on until we get to the exhibition series. But there was always a bunch of fights in the first couple of scrimmages. It was just a foregone conclusion that, you know, I'd be facing off against the tough guy they brought in for sure almost every single time. It's funny how we never ended up on the same team, eh, Bob? But you know what? That's what it was all about, right? It was like, put that guy there, put this guy there. I think it was their entertainment for the first couple of days of camp, and then we got back to working and working on systems and skills and all that until the exhibition series. But these kids today are coming in tip-top shape. If you're not, you're already behind the eight ball, and you're most likely not going to make that up, and you're going right into exhibition games. And I would tell you that I think – it might be a little more difficult now than it was back in our day. You had time to work into a training camp. You had time to kind of get your bearings, get your feet, kind of blow out the carbon as we speak. Just, you know, those first couple of skates, doesn't matter how well you've trained in the summertime, there's just a different pace and a different feel in the first couple of days of camp. There's a nervousness that creeps into your body. There's a stiffness, and you got to kind of get through that to really feel comfortable. And I spoke about that a little bit with Broberg. I thought he really settled in to the latter half of that scrimmage where I just started to notice him a bit more, jumping up on the offense, coming back a little more poised. Um, I just I just think that it's harder to do that in today's training camps because it happens so quickly, and you can be out of the mix before you were even in it. So I think it's more difficult now. Louie, great stuff. It was great seeing you here the last couple days, and uh, you'll be rejoining us on a weekly basis starting in October. Uh, thanks for taking time here in Oilers now. Look forward to it, Bobby. Take care, bud. All right. When we come back, and it is 12.52 in Edmonton, we will tell you this, though, just before we go to break. The guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. When we come back on Oilers Now, uh, we'll get to some of your texts for the movie you just hated. Again, for me, it was American Psycho. Um... But uh, there's some interesting responses on that front. Uh, And then we'll circle back and re-engage with Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec as well, and Jack Michael still to come on today's edition of Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.55 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, Louis DeBrusque, movie aficionado. Had a little bit of a conversation about movies uh, we hated. Coach Mike says, I hated Ad Astra. I didn't see that one. Is that the one? Is that got uh, Matt Damon in it? Is that? I'm trying to think. Uh, you can uh, text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Mike Indrum Heller says, the worst movie ever is The Exorcist. I watched it once and it still scared me. Well, there's a difference between being scared. Like Salem's Lot, the two-parter, that, that that scared me when I was a kid. But we lived on an acreage, and there's a scene in Salem's Lot where the one brother knocks on the window and grabs the other brother and takes them all. It's, you know, it, it, it was scary stuff. Uh, and we've got a lot of uh, the informant. The informant was Matt Damon. And there seems to be a lot of Matt Damon movies, I've noticed. Uh, Red says, good Lord, the cat in the hat was horrific, starring Mike Myers. Actually, I did think that was a bad movie. It Bride and Drayton Valley. Just listening to your good and bad movies. First of all, I disagree with the fellow who hated Fargo. Fargo is an awesome movie. Uh, as for movies I wouldn't watch, I pretty much can't stand anything uh, that's got Nicolas Cage in it. Painfully bad acting. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage has been in some pretty good movies over the years myself. And Reseto in Nelson, B.C. 
Bob, A Cabin in the Woods, most overrated show ever. It gets like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, more than Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption. I don't get it. Also, yes, American Psycho definitely didn't do anything for me, and I wouldn't watch it again. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, Ishtar is the worst movie ever. Brendan, anything to uh, add from your perspective on that? Yeah, The Pink Panther. I think it was about 2005, 2006 when that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Steve Martin in it. Uh, I remember being like 12 years old, and still, my mom and I left that theater. Um... Mark and St. Albert's making me laugh because I've seen the movies. Yeah, of course, the original with Peter Sellers was outstanding. Uh, Bob, I uh, Pink Panther, that is. Bob, the movie I hated the most was Battleship Potomkin and most of the movies that they made me watch in film studies from Mark and St. Albert. Mark, I love that class. I got my highest mark ever in university. I got an 8 on a 9 scale in film studies. Uh, another texter, Big Rig Al, says anything with Adam Sandler in it. You know what? I got to tell you, I'm not a big Adam Sandler guy either. Me neither. I, I don't get that. Uh, Bob, uh, Event Horizon. I went to the premiere, and everybody in the theater afterwards was saying it was terrible. Only movie I ever wanted to walk out of. That comes to us from Andrea in St. Albert. Any Transformer movie, says JB. And you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, just curious, says John. uh, Will Brian Lawton be back this year? Always enjoyed his appearances. Can't stand anything with Ben Affleck, especially after his appearance on Bill Maher. Refused to watch the Batman uh, movie with it. Well, Bill Maher, I tell you, uh, Bill's getting frustrated these days. And he's not necessarily just frustrated with the right. He's frustrated with the left as well. No fun anymore going to campuses. Can't have any fun. Uh, well, half the campuses you can't even go to. But uh, I do recall Ben Affleck's uh, appearance on Bill Maher. was pretty interesting. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.